the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the Daily Show Prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. I spoke to you yesterday about the environmentalists crushing of the people of Sri Lanka. The attempt is going on in the Netherlands, as you know. The Netherlands, whose emission of carbon dioxide or whatever else fertilizer or cow tooting produces is so negligible uh, in the scheme of the earth as, as to be ludicrous and crossing the line from ludicrous into evil what the Netherlands government is attempting to do to its own people and to the world since the Netherlands is the second greatest exporter of of what what is it of food generally of agricultural products Mm -hmm. Tucker Carlson reported last night on Ghana Ghana which we we visited Ghana. It was it was on its way to some degree of prosperity relative to other West African or African countries. And now uh, is a basket case, all because of the Greens. I always think, when will people awaken to the existential threat that the left poses to humanity? And I'm not sure that they will. Many have, and primarily in the United States, called conservatives. Abraham Lincoln said that the United States was the last best hope. Uh, was it on Earth, for Earth? What was the whatever it was? You get the get the point. Now it is American conservatives who are the last best hope on Earth. It is by far the largest opposition to left-wing communism, totalitarianism, the shutting down of the human spirit that is endemic to the left and always has been. We all have friends and relatives who vote Democrat. These people live in a very naive world about the damage the left has done. Some of them hide behind hatred of Donald Trump to justify their votes for Democrats. There's nothing you can say to such people. Between the threat of Donald Trump and the threat of the left, to think that Donald Trump is the greater threat, if you are a centrist, liberal, or conservative, is tragic. It is just tragic. Whether you like Donald Trump or not is of only consequence to you. The question is, do you like the Western world and America? 
not do you like Donald Trump? That is a childish question. World Health Organization now says gender exists on a continuum and is beyond non-binary. A good president of the United States, one who loved truth and the West, would withdraw the United States from the World Health Organization. It is a useless piece of crap. It is a destructive piece of crap. It is run by the left for the sake of the left and not for the sake of humanity. This is, a, this is a colossal issue that the human race is not divided between male and female. Colossal. It is hard to imagine what is left because what is left meaning not what is left versus right but what is remaining. Because there is not much left to destroy. I guess food supplies. Where was the paper you sent me, or maybe you didn't send me, and I read it uh, on my own? The dream of yes, of everybody living in a very small apartment yes, and e- eating under 2,100 calories. Yeah. Where was this research paper published? It's in a technical magazine, but it was mm-hmm. reported in Reason. It was reported, or a Reason reported it, yes. That is the dream. We have people in Northern California who are letting out the air of SUVs because SUVs emit existential threat emissions. And therefore they are justified in doing that to your car. Civilization is fragile. I've I've noted that all of my life. The great example was Germany, considered one of the most civilized countries on earth, an an enormous contributor to the world of music, literature, not to mention science, a center of all of those. And in a generation, it built Auschwitz. Hunted down Jewish babies to be murdered. Very, very fragile civilization. That's why I am depressed when my fellow Jews vote left, or even worse, participate on the left. They don't understand the fragility of civilization. They're playing with fire. Everybody who supports the left is playing with fire. 60% plus, according to polls, and I'm sure it's more than that, fear expressing their opinions, lest the left ruin their lives, reputations, income, career, But it is very easy to go, oh, Trump, oh, he's a bad guy. Like that, that, like that's the issue. I'm very curious, and there's no way to know. Well, there is a way to know. If someone like Ron DeSantis were the nominee, would, uh, these, would, the, 
would the never Trumpers vote for DeSantis? What do you think? No. You don't think so? No. It's interesting. They'll say he's worse than Trump. Well, let's say he's worse than Trump. Mm-hmm. The World Health Organization will update its gender guidance to reflect its belief that gender goes, quote, beyond non-binary. The WHO, WHO, has an existing gender mainstreaming manual which argues that there are many genders existing on a spectrum from male to female. The organization now says that does not go far enough, however. The updated guidance will focus on highlighting and expanding on the concept of... Oh, you got to hear this. This is a, a sentence that only the left could, could write. But this is from the World Health Organization. As a general statement, the United Nations has done far more harm than good. The updated guidance will focus on, quote, highlighting and expanding on the concept of intersectionality which looks at how gender power dynamics interact with other hierarchies of privilege or disadvantage, resulting in inequality and differential health outcomes for different people, the WHO website reads at the time of reporting. Get that? Sure, not at all. No problem. It would be interesting to know uh, actors who do something I find truly impressive memorize these incredible lengths of text, of script, how long it would would take them to memorize highlighting and expanding on the concept of intersectionality, which looks at how gender power dynamics interact with other hierarchies of privilege or disadvantage, resulting in inequality and differential health outcomes for different people. Has any conservative used the word intersectionality? Has any non-leftist? Has any liberal? Uh, Power dynamics. I love it. Power dynamics. The person who wrote this, oh, I am virtually certain, has a Ph.D. The update will also emphasize, quote, going beyond non-binary approaches to gender and health to recognize gender and sexual diversity or the concept that gender identity exists on a continuum and that sex is not limited to male or female. Sex, they're writing, not even gender. Sex is not limited to male or female. As I've said so often in my life, the left keeps me religious. Rising interest rates, stock volatility, out-of-control inflation. People are concerned about what the future holds financially. This is Dennis Prager for AmFed Coin and Bullion. There's no better time than the present to move a portion of your IRA into precious metals. Gold and silver IRAs are more popular than ever, and dealers are advertising heavily for your business. You should know there's a right and a wrong way to set up your precious metals IRA. Mistakes could cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars in IRS fines. Nick Grovit 
Rich. Man, I completely trust. Owner of AmFed Coin and Bullion has agreed to send you a concise report about how to set up your IRA and how to get the best bang for your buck. Nick and his team will be happy to help you set up your precious metals IRA or review your current account. Call AmFed Coin and Bullion, 800-221-7694 for your free IRA report and all your precious metals needs. AmericanFederal.com. That's AmericanFederal.com. Hello, my friends. God knows, man, only God knows, the effect that all of this will have on this, the younger generation being taught nothing in schools other than sex, gender fluidity, anti-racism, learn to hate their country, learn to believe that they're not necessarily a boy or a girl. Do you know, I saw a picture of a of a text given to 10-year-olds. Where was that circulated? Was it in many schools? Was it in one school? Where it, it has a picture of a male performing fellatio on another male. It's a, in, you know, a cartoon illustration. It was in for, an for, Oregon uh, school. In school? Salem, Oregon. Salem, Oregon, oh, which you know well. Yeah. Actually, it was Kaiser, which is a little town next to Kaiser school. next to it. And uh, that is for how old a kid? 10, 10 year old. It shouldn't be for high school seniors. It's I mean, in the library. It's in the library. Yeah. I'm just, oh, it's in the library, right. They will have no concept, you realize, no concept of is there truth? Is there beauty? Is there man? Is there woman? What, what is there? So my daily beg, get your kids out of school. The only positive, there was a positive. Yesterday there was a headline in, uh, in the front page of USA Today, which is a woke, I can't even say newspaper, because by definition if you're woke, it's not a newspaper. A, a woke uh daily update on wokeitude front page article on uh, many men, many more americans are questioning whether college education is worth it my friends if college were free it wouldn't be worth it the the monetary issue is a very real one you are paying to have your child have his or her values ruined become less happy They speak about the suicide rate among trans people as, as if it is the fault of those of us who believe there is only male and female in the human species. In fact, for all species above some of the lowest forms of reptile. Is, is a gender fluidity? Is there sexual identity fluidity among monkeys? Among cows and bulls? Some some uh, deep performer 
who has a big following in the mu- music world, said, we are more than our genitals. We are our art. Mm-hmm. What you have there when you're naked doesn't, de- doesn't define you. It's not important. Well, in fact, what you have there is important, but more important than that is whether you're male or female. You are not, no one defines you solely by genitalia, but there are genitalia that are female and there are that are male. The assault on the human spirit here You are the art you produce. You are not male or female. That is insignificant. It's interesting. That's insignificant, but race is significant. They don't say that about race in the arts. Whether you're black or white is insignificant. It is only the art you produce. You understand how sick the left world is? Sex is completely insignificant, but race, that is significant. That's what they say. Get it? Sick. Do you understand what sick is? If the, if the word has meaning, they are psychologically and morally sick. But that's what your children are taught at virtually every university in this country and many in Europe. I blame employers who demand that you have a BA in order to apply for a job funny you can't ask it's not interesting you can't ask are you married right can't ask are you pregnant anything like that why can you ask if you have a ba see if the person can do the job they should that would be a great uh, addition to all of these laws about what an employer can't ask a prospective employee do you have a college degree? What college did you go to? That why should why should that matter? You either know the work you have to do or you don't know the work you have to do. The vast majority of people learned nothing at college that prepared them for the for the work that they did. The vast majority, unless you're in STEM, science, technology, engineering, or math. Oh, yes. What a world. What a world. But you have to, uh, you, you have to fight. Let's, uh, let's play this interaction between Senator Josh Hawley and a professor of law at Berkeley. Is that correct? Take it away, Mr. McConnell. I'm saving the file. I can't play it right now. He's saving a file. I suggest we get another computer. <laughs> I'll pay for it. It's it's remarkable. The Professor Bridges, you said several times, you've used a phrase, I want to make sure I understand what you mean by it. You've referred to people with a capacity for pregnancy. It, would that be women? 
many women, cis women, have the capacity for pregnancy. Many cis women do not have the capacity for pregnancy. Um, there are also trans men who are capable of pregnancy, as well as non-binary people who are capable of pregnancy. So this isn't really a women's rights issue. It's a, it's, we can it's recognize a that this impacts women while also recognizing that it impacts other groups. Those things are not mutually exclusive, Senator Hawley. Oh, so your view is, is that the core of this, this right then is about what? So um, I want to recognize that your line of questioning um, is transphobic. <laughs> okay, um, this is critical. Up. So th- th- this is, there's no answer to his question. This is a Berkeley law professor. You understand the moral and intellectual rot at the core of our universities when you listen to this woman. I will not answer you. I will smear you. Transphobic. Wow. Now, quickly, transphobic became a word in English. Was it even a word three years ago? You're listening to The Dennis Prager Show. Towels just don't seem to dry you anymore. They feel soft and lotiony in the store, but you get them home and they don't absorb. Well, Mike Lindell at My Pillow found that out around 2006, and towels changed forever. He found the best towel company right here in the USA. They have proprietary technology to create towels that feel soft but actually work. And that happens to be true. I use them. They are all made with USA cotton and they come with the MyPillow 60-day money-back guarantee. Six-piece set, two bath, two hand towels, two washcloths. Regularly $109.99, now $39.99. Just go to MyPillow.com and click on the new radio listener specials and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the towels, by entering the promo code PRAGER. Or call 800-761-6302 for these great radio specials. MyPillow.com, promo code PRAGER. Hello, my friends. Ari Fleischer was the press secretary at the, uh, during the administration, during parts of the administration of George W. Bush. He's now a Fox News contributor. He has a new book, Suppression, Deception, Snobbery, and Bias, Why the Press Gets So Much Wrong and Just Doesn't Care. Suppression, Deception, Snobbery, and Bias. Ari Fleischer, welcome back to my show. It's always a pleasure. Um, I'm not hearing uh, Mr. Fleischer, my friends. Oops, can you? You're right. My, I, it was my boo-boo. I didn't put you on. I'm used to seeing you on Skype, but I'm, <laughs> I'm not. I, I thought Skype had you. I we have you both just by phone. Anyway, great to I have you. Would not suppress me. That's yeah. No, that I wouldn't even. I wouldn't suppress a leftist. I, I, I if they would, if they would Correct. come on, I, I would love it. I, I invite New York Times columnists almost every day. But they don't. This they, is free speech. This is free speech. That's exactly right. So I'm going to put before you a proposition that I have said to my listeners and in speeches for some years now. If I may be just a drop autobiographical, my field of study was communist affairs. There were seven students at Columbia who, for whom that was their major in graduate school. And I learned Russian in order to read Pravda, the Soviet communist newspaper. And I never thought that that would prepare me for mm-hmm. anything in America. That was the last thing on my mind. I thought I was studying 
a foreign ideology and country. And now I realize that I apply the same reading skills to the New York Times, L.A. Times, Washington Post, etc., that I did to Pravda. Is that over the top? <laughs> Other than it's not as bad as a communist dictatorial totalitarian outlet, it's right on target. What happened? It's simple. The media took it upon themselves to go beyond the old liberal conservative split, which we all knew the press was biased, but make it one cultural and two get Trump. The press decided that they needed to reverse and fix the results of the 2016 election because the American people erred and the press knew it. And so they, from their position of superiority, decided the American people made a mistake and the press would right the wrong. And too many of them became unleashed and became activists with the, pers- with the approval of the editors at the top. And this is why CNN, which used to be liberal, but it tried to be objective, how many of their reporters let their opinions rip on the air? How many anchors betrayed their bias, their get Trump, everyday bias? And it's why CNN led the league in the number of stories they had to retract. This is what activism does, and it hurts our democracy when we need reporters to be neutral and objective. Well, that's exactly right. Do you think it was truly Trump-induced, or that just brought it to a head, the it being what was happening prior to Trump? It was moving, in part because of social media, where reporters love to tweet and have their opinions known, in part because there's a new generation of younger reporters who think that their job is to be subjective, not objective. They reject objectivity. Uh, All those contributed, the business model breaking down of the media where they didn't have advertising, so they had to appeal to their subscribers. All of these things were pushing the press, the mainstream media, and by that I mean the Washington Post, the New York Times, ABC, NBC, CBS, MSNBC, CNN. It pushed them all into an activist direction. But then Trump broke them. Trump unleashed them and forced them to stop even pretending that they were objective and to get Trump. And that's, frankly, Dennis, why I wrote the book. Look, there's a lot right and a lot wrong with Donald Trump. I call the balls and strikes as I see them. Trump was great on policy. His behavior I objected to many times, particularly on his tweets, and some of his more volatile actions. However, reporters' jobs is to remain neutral throughout it all, no matter what. That's their mission for the country. But Trump broke them, and they were happily broken. They wanted to fight. So it's now sort of permanent. I mean, nothing in life is permanent. It could change in 50 years. But it doesn't matter any longer if Trump is in office for these people to be in charge of our media. Yeah, I I write in the book, and I'm very worried that whenever Donald Trump decides to, to leave, whether it's 2024 or 2028, let's take 2024 for example. They're going to do the same thing to Ron DeSantis, to Christine Nome, to Ted Cruz, to Tom Cotton, mm-hmm. that they've done to Donald Trump. Okay. Because this is the cultural part of it, Dennis. Reporters have become a group of college-educated Democratic voters whose only group that thinks that they are understood are college-educated Democratic voters. It's a slice of America that writes for and talks to a slice of America. High school people with high school degree only. 
the press doesn't understand that. Yes, People, hold on there. That's really, let's keep that about the college educated. Suppression, deception, snobbery, and bias. It's up at DennisPrager.com, Ari Fleischer. What has happened to our press? If anybody is in a position to speak about it and address the subject, that is Ari Fleischer, who was press secretary in the George W. Bush administration, is now a Fox News contributor. The book is Suppression, Deception, Snobbery, and Bias. By the way, were you, you were press secretary on 9-11? Yes, sir. Oh, yes. That's what I thought. I remember correctly. So you were talking about the a lot of things. I want to I want to review this for my audience. It's a very important point you make that mainstream media like the New York Times rely on their revenue on subscriptions more than advertising. Is that correct? Correct. And that's a first. Advertising, because of the Internet, has fallen off the cliff for virtually every print newspaper in America, and they've made up for it, but they've tried with a subscriber base. And a subscriber base obviously comes with its own prejudices. In the case of the New York Times, it's the resistance. So that's one point. Another one is that the appeal is to the college-educated Democrat. Is that correct? This is... This is profound because this is what takes the old issue of liberal versus conservative bias out of the equation that's so beyond that now to a cultural reflection. And by that, Dennis, what I mean, and and there's a 2018 study by the Pew Research Organization, there's only one group of Americans left who say the press understands them, understands their way of life, and that's fellow college-educated Democrats. If you're a Democrat with a high school degree only, you told Pew, the press doesn't understand me. Independent voters, whether they have a degree in college or high school, the press doesn't understand me. And of course, for all Republicans, the press doesn't understand me. This is the problem. Journalism has now turned itself into a narrow slice of college-educated Democrats who know how to tell stories for fellow college-educated Democrats. Hence why most of their stories are about global warming or why it's okay to take a knee at a football game if you're a player or why everybody should be attuned to the January 6th hearings. They speak the same language to each other. But if you grew up in a household where your grandfather took you hunting, they don't relate to you. They don't understand you. If you grew up going to church regularly, and by that I mean weekly or even monthly, they don't understand you. If you grew up proudly, intellectually believing that life begins at conception, they certainly don't understand you. These are alien notions to the people who are mostly the press corps who only write stories for fellow college-educated Democrats. And this is where journalism is out of touch, out to lunch, and I blow the whistle on them. You do. Do you know, I I don't know if it's knowable, only I'm not sure the New York Times knows, but do you have an idea as to the median age of a New York Times subscriber? I don't. But one thing I did in this book was I hired a pollster to take a poll of people who say they predominantly get their news from the New York Times, Fox News, and CNN. And the findings are remarkable. People who watch Fox are from Mars. People who read the New York Times or watch CNN are from Venus. Their attitudes about life, their attitudes about culture, their attitudes about uh, whether it's appropriate to stand for the national anthem, whether it's appropriate to take a knee, 
are entire mirror images of each other. And, and this is part of this cultural division we see in our society today. But there's another factor, too, Dennis. I hired an opposition research firm to pull the public records of voter registration of the White House press corps of the 49 seats in the briefing room. And the ratio of Democrats to Republicans is 12 to 1. Now, why isn't it 6 to 6? Why isn't it 1 to 1? Or why is it 12 to 1 Republican to Democrat? The media has an original scent. The people who go into journalism are overwhelmingly cut from the same liberal, democratic, socially liberal cloth. And then they graduate from journalism schools where they're taught by liberal professors and go into newsrooms where everybody surrounding them is basically a Democratic voter. And they think alike, act alike, tweet alike, and cover the news alike, and don't understand, especially the half of America that voted for Donald Trump. And this is the snobbery. This is the cultural part that leads to one error after another after another, where they deceive the American people by putting so many stories on the air that they later had to retract. And they suppressed so many stories because those stories would have hurt Biden and helped Trump. All makes sense. I only asked the age question because I wonder what the future is. I just can't imagine college kids or even recent graduates subscribing to the New York Times unless they are extremely motivated politically. So I... That's not the way they get quote-unquote news. So I wonder what their, the future of these left-wing journals is. Well, it is fair to point out that the number of subscribers to the New York Times electronically is surging. They have a goal of 10 million electronic subscribers, and they're on their way to hitting it. And wow. that's a strong number. They used wow. to be around 3 or 4 million. Uh, as Joe wow. Abramson, the former executive editor of the New York Times, said, Every time Trump calls us fake news, she hears the ka-ching of the cash register as new subscribers sign up. Fascinating. What about the Wall Street Journal? I didn't survey Wall Street Journal readers and viewers or readers, and one of my reasons... No, no, what is their subscription? I'm just curious on the subscription. Do you have any idea? Are Are they neck and neck with the New York Times? Are they behind... I do not have that. Okay, fine. I, I, I'm just curious because I think there's a more robust conservative presence uh, on the on the internet because of all the terrific sites that people go to. But uh, it's hard to know. You have a story that when we come back, I'd like you to relate to my listeners. When I reported it at length when it happened. People forget because they're bombarded with new news every single day. The Tom Cotton editorial piece or opinion piece in the New York Times and what that sparked. I'm speaking to Ari Fleischer, who uh, who explains very coherently uh, what is happening at, uh, at the press in the United States. The book is up at DennisPrager.com. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. 
I'm here with spokesman John Wolf. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Hello, everybody. This is the Male Female Hour on the Dennis Prager Show, Wednesday, the second hour of my program. A reminder, if you don't hear all three hours of my show, each hour is really meant to touch your life intellectually, morally, and otherwise. There's PragerTopia.com here every hour when you want without commercials. PragerTopia.com I was reading and I was told, in other words, I know this personally and I read about it, where the latest area of conflict between husband and wife is whether to vaccinate the children. That's my topic for today's male-female hour. Has that occurred in your life, whether you are together or divorced? 1-8-Prager-776-877-243-7776. It is not easy for a conservative and a left-wing spouse to get along. But some manage. God bless them. I hope they do manage. I, I root for couples. But this one, I have to believe, is a real test of a marital bond. I want my five-year-old vaccinated. I don't want my five-year-old vaccinated. I don't claim neutrality in this matter. I do claim that I want the marriage to work out. But when you have one spouse thinking that the other spouse is completely irrational, does not understand that the threat to a five-year-old is much greater from the vaccine than from COVID. And you have another one who believes that the spouse is completely irrational and endangering our child's life by not vaccinating him or her. That is what we call a gulf. Might even be an ocean of difference. So my question is, has that happened in your home? And how have you dealt with it? How are you dealing with it, if that is the case? It might also be happening with divorced couples, not might. Well, it might might not happen. They might actually agree. Both want the five-year-old vaccinated. Both don't want the five-year-old vaccinated. But it certainly occurs among divorced. It it might more likely occur among divorced people because 
Many divorced people do not see eye to eye on fundamental issues. But the question is, for both, how have you dealt with it? My heart goes out to a people in this regard because this is a crisis that they did not manufacture. The dissent of our leading medical institutions into propaganda rather than science is not their fault. The hysteria of the media on behalf of the most extreme positions, vaccinate a six-month-old, mask a two-year-old, these are sick. These are truly sick positions. So, But I don't blame people who believe it. I have to admit that I, I don't have instant respect for people who are wearing masks these days outdoors. Frankly, I don't have that much respect if they wear them indoors. But when they, I see them outdoors, I would say 10% of the people that I see in the Los Angeles area would you say that? 10%? One out of 10 people? I think it's lower? So you don't know. That means it's roughly right. It's an amazing thing. Whole families, which I guess is a good, a good sign for the question here. It's not ripping apart those families. They've all decided to make the children scared. What is it like to grow up with scared parents? I didn't. That is part of what makes me. I I love that fact. My parents are not living. They lived a very long life, thank God. But I really do wonder, it would be very interesting to have seen their reactions would they have panicked along with the at least half the country and I, I don't know it's hard to predict if I had to bet I would say no but I don't know so if you have children or your children have children is and there is a difference with regard to vaccinating the child, this is where I would welcome your call. People would be very interested to know how you've handled it. And I would be very interested to know how you've handled it as well. Okay, let's go to Brian in Newbury Park, California. Hello, Brian. Hey, Dennis. I uh, love your show, man. Thank you. Um, so my situation. Uh oh. Uh, his mother is unvaccinated. All right, hold on, hold on. It broke up. I, I heard my I heard my situation, and then there was silence. Uh, okay. Can, can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. So um, my son, I have from a previous relationship. Uh, his mother is unvaccinated, and is totally against it. So therefore, he isn't. I choose to be unvaccinated because of my own personal choice 
not because I believe the hysteria. It's my body. It's my choice. But I also follow the rules of staying home and taking precautions not to affect the public at large. I have a daughter with my wife currently who's vaccinated and eventually wants to get our daughter vaccinated. My son's mother does not want me to get vaccinated, and my wife is pushing me to do it. So I'm stuck between both worlds here (laughs) to keep both women happy, and I don't know what to do. And you said earlier to tell your callers how, you know, we're dealing with this. I pray a lot, and I just keep hoping for the best solution. I mean, it's just, what do you do? I mean, I I don't want to upset both of my... Well, the the child you have with your present wife is how old? Uh, She's two years old. My daughter's name is Lilu. Well, I wouldn't have guessed. So... Yeah. uh, Your wife wants Lilu vaccinated? When when the time comes, if it's appropriate, like not right now. When, but, well, know, why isn't it isn't now available from six months older? I believe so, but I think her personal choice is to wait a little longer until she's a little bit older. But she is still inclined to do that. Um, but my son's mother, oh God, if I were to do that to him, or if I well, wait, but you're you're on board you're on board with your son's mother, correct? Well, I'm on board, so I don't lose seeing my child, and I think this is the problem. Wait, I thought you're not. I thought you're not vaccinated. Right, I'm not vaccinated, but I I have a different opinion about it than my son's mother does. She's kind of more about the hysteria. I just, it's my body, it's my choice. But I don't, I don't put that on either person. You know, that's their choice how they want to go about it. The problem I'm encountering. Wait, so why are you having an issue then with your wife? It's, you sound like the well, spot. Oh, she wants you vaccinated. Yes. And so you doesn't. so you don't differ with the eventual vaccination of Lilu. No, I don't because that's her choice as her mother. And but you're I, and you're on board. All right. One eight Prager seven seven six eight seven seven two four three triple seven six. Anywhere I go, there you are. One eight Prager seven seven six. Do you and your significant other differ on vaccinating children? Male, female hour. There's no more sensitive subject in a couple's life. There are perhaps equally sensitive, but there's no more sensitive than the child or children. Both love the child or children. And if one wants them vaccinated and one doesn't, I can see that as a very serious source of conflict. Is it is that in your marriage or relationship? Well, I guess marriage in most cases, if you have a child. Or with your ex, you still have a, you had a marriage. I don't feign neutrality in this matter. I think it is wrong beyond words to give a child a vaccination, this vaccination. I believe that the the risk to the child is greater from the vaccine than from COVID. Children get COVID and it, it hasn't mattered. Will it matter in the future? I can't predict that. Nobody can. But it hasn't mattered thus far. It is overwhelmingly, 
overwhelmingly a disease that is fatal to older and the very old people. Doesn't mean that you can't die from it at any age. Of course you can. But, but why would you mess around with something we don't know a lot about, this particular mRNA vaccine? I mean, I don't believe you should be masking children, so... You know my opinion. But what if I were married to someone and we had a child together? That would be a tough one. What I would try to do, what I would, it doesn't mean that you should, it doesn't mean it, it, would, it doesn't even mean it would work in my case, but what I would try to do is just calmly reason with, with my wife if she wanted our child or children vaccinated and said, please, please, I, I need you to look at, at the data, the facts coming out from groups you trust on how rare it is for a child to die of COVID. And now I want you to look at, at the, the reports on adverse reactions to the vaccine. And we don't know about the future for a child who gets the vaccine. Will, will it affect girls' fertility? May not. I pray it doesn't. Everything in life is cost-benefit. Every single thing that you do is a cost-benefit question. I wish people thought that way. They, they only think of the benefits on occasion, and sometimes they only think of the costs. On the vaccine issue, all people thought of was the benefits. On the lockdown, all, all the benefits, oh, it's very good for people because it's very contagious, the virus. The, uh, the fact that, what is it, 200 million more people are, are now uh, in, in a stage of serious hunger as a result of lockdowns, the shattering of the economic life of so many countries, not to mention staggering number of individuals, especially small business owners, especially retail business owners, the horrific reactions the greatest increase in suicide and depression among young people we have ever seen in American history because of the lockdowns. Nobody asked, well, not nobody, they certainly did, but few people asked, what's the cost? There's a cost to getting the vaccine for a child. There may be a benefit. Both have to be analyzed. But that's what you have to do. And it goes to a, a larger issue in a marital relationship. The place of reason. It's a beautiful thing, reason. It was a uniquely human gift. Animals do not have the gift of being rational. They do what instinct leads them to do, period. They're instinct machines, which is fine. I don't hold it against them, for the record. But we have been given the gift of reason, and it is not often used. 
Okay, well, let's go to Mike in Greenville, South Carolina. I was just there. Hi. How you doing, sir? Well, thank you. Yeah, um, I've got a little issue. It's not, I, I don't have any kids involved, but um, it's along the same line, sir. Um, I'm not vaccinated, and my wife is, and... I don't even, we don't even share the same bedroom. I have to stay in the guest bedroom. And is it a direct result of this? It's the direct result of me not being vaccinated. Oh, so she thinks you're endangering her life. Yes, sir. But if she's vaccinated, why are you endangering her life? No, that's an argument, sir, we've had. when the COVID first started, you know, they was, we were all in danger, so they wasn't an issue. But once the vaccine came out and they said, this is going to make you bulletproof, she run, you know, she was like first in line to do it. And since I chose not to, um, now I'm, I'm the rotten apple in the basket, so I'm in the bedroom. And then right. we get I, into- I actually, I want, I want to talk to you for a moment. It's a sad call. Back in a moment. The Dennis Prager Show. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager with in-guest, no, in-studio guest. I've had him on the show many times. He produced every, I think, virtually every documentary he has put out. The the mini mini documentary, if you will, I have had him on because they're important. What Ami Horowitz does is simply important. You can watch us both, by the way, at the Salem News Channel. The show is now videoed, and he is in studio. He he's taken on a fascinating topic. Who's more tolerant, Israelis or Palestinians? Specifically on the gay issue, because the LGBT community has officially endorsed the Palestinian position against Israel, which is remarkable given how wonderful it is for LGBT people in Israel and how awful it is for the the LGBT community in nearly all of the Arab world, including the Palestinian. So he went to Gay District in San Francisco, asked them about their views, and then he went to the Palestinians and asked them their views. It's phenomenally effective. It is up at PragerU.com. Again, who's more tolerant, Israelis or Palestinians? And it's at the, you could click on it at the DennisPrager.com. That might be the easiest way for you. Ami is here, coming back, obviously, uh, from the Middle East and from San Francisco. Ami, this is a very, this was an excellent idea, and I, uh, I'm going to do something I almost never do. I want to go to the end first. You showed the video of Palestinians you interviewed to the gays you had met in San Francisco. First, tell us, who were the Palestinians you interviewed? So, in the, when I went to the... So, first of all, I decided 
that I wanted to do this video not in Gaza because people could just say to me, well, they're Islamic fundamentalists, they're just crazy. I did it in what everyone considers to be the moderate part of the Palestinian territories, the Palestinian Authority and the West Bank. And I wanted to make sure to shoot it there. Uh, I spoke with random people on the street. I spoke with one of the most popular imams in Ramallah. I spoke with, and this took me a long time to be able to get somebody to trust me. I spoke with a gay person in the West Bank who walked me through the, what, the life, what a life is like, the painful life is like for somebody who is gay in Palestine, in the Palestinian territories. And, and that's who we, we spoke to in, uh, in the Palestinian territories. So you spoke to how many uh, clergy? Although they don't have officially clergy. Imam. How many, imam. Yeah, how many, we spoke you know? to one. One particularly popular imam. Can you tell us his name? Oh, you don't remember? No, no, I don't That's remember. fine. It's, a, it's, a, we, it's, it's obviously uh, on the, in the documentary. Yeah. So you got to meet him. And what did he say? So it's, it's, I asked him straight away. I said, um, look, you know, in, in, in most clergy, when you have people who come to you, you, they oftentimes will take you privately and say, look, I have a particular problem. Can you give me some advice? He says, yeah, of course. I have that all the time. I said, well, has anybody ever come to you and said, um, look, I have a son or daughter who is gay. What should I do? He looks at me. He goes, uh, yes. And what did you advise? To kill them. Just matter of factly. As if he was brushing his teeth. Uh, he went on to talk about, I, I asked him, what would be worth to have a gay son or a, uh, a, a thief? A gay son or a drug addict? A gay son or a murderer? In all cases, he said, no, I'd rather have all those things other than a gay son or a murderer. Should ask him, gay son or Jew? Oh, see, this is why I need you with me. <laughs> And I have offered to You come, have, that's right. But you're too scared. Yes, right. That's exact. In this case, you're exactly <laughs> right. I do stick out. <laughs> oh, my God. And, and, of course, you're keeping a straight face this entire time and thinking, wow, I, I think I should show this to the, to the gays who are anti-Israel in America. Yeah, so, so the video opens with me, like you said, in the Castro District of San Francisco. Um, a, well, it's kind of redundant to say a gay area in San Francisco, but a particularly you know, gay area in San Francisco, a very famously gay area in, in the city. And when I f- first approached people who were gay, and I said, hey, who do you support? Just kind of out of the blue, the Palestinians or, or the Israelis, every single person vocally, verbally, aggressively said they support the Palestinians over the Israelis. Um, and then we cut away to the video. The audience watched the video itself, me and the Palestinian territories. And then we cut back to the people who you saw earlier in the video, watching it in real time, watching the video. And you see their react. It's like a reaction video. You see their visceral reactions to what they're seeing. You see their facial expressions, their grunts, their, their comments to themselves. And you see the, 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 the things are, are turning in their heads. And at the end, I said, well... So what do you think now? And every, virtually every single person, I've changed my mind. And the one person they didn't, 
After a few seconds of discussing, he also changed his mind. The most interesting part of this is I think people always ask this the question, why would the gay community support the Palestinians when the Palestinians hold antithetical views to everything they live, they're, they're antithetical to their being? How can they support the Palestinians over the Israelis when they have gay pride parades? And the answer, it always comes back to the same thing. It's the idea of intersectionality, the idea that their victims – we perceive ourselves to be victims, therefore we're connected over the bullies of the world. In, in the case of the gays, American society, in the case of the Palestinians, the Israelis. They connect on their shared victimhood. And that is such a powerful emotion. I've always said victimhood is the most corrosive human emotion that exists. And it's also extremely powerful. And it is connected with them, despite the fact that they have so much in common with the Israelis and so little in common with the Palestinians. And the problem that the pro-Israel community has, has had in order to try to bring them back or bring them to support of Israel is that they've approached it the wrong way. The approach has been, let's show them how good Israeli society is to gay people, to which gay people say, you're a Western democracy. You don't get a cookie from being good to gay people. In fact, Gay people have weaponized Israel's trying to bring them into the fold by saying, look how good it is, by creating this most insidiously brilliant term called pinkwashing. They say you are washing your sins of the Palestinians with our gayness. They've actually weaponized Israel's trying to embrace them. And the approach I took is different. It was, look, these are the people you're supporting. You are supporting people who are throwing you off of roofs, raping you, arresting you, raping you, murdering you. How can you support them? And when they see it, in, in, in really see it, people saying, I want to kill gay people, this is what their people are telling me, it changed their mind. I will be so interested. It's come out today, uh, my dear listeners, and you can connect to it through DennisPrager.com or go s- straight to PragerU. It is a PragerU video that we have commissioned, or PragerU has commissioned uh, Ami to do. I am dying to uh, see the reactions, uh, the official reactions by the LGBT activists who are known for, in my view, I've said it often, even on the left they're known for their cruelty. They're about as mean-spirited as uh, any left-wing activists, the LGBT. They are so consumed with their victim status that normal moral rules do not apply to them. And, and obviously here, too, people who will say we should murder gays get our support because they're, they're anti-West, we're anti-West. They're, they're anti-Israel, we're anti-Israel. But the rank and file is whom you showed it to. You didn't show it to officials, right? Correct. Which is, by the way, similar to the black community. Their, their, rep, their quote-unquote representatives, their activists, don't, don't reflect in any way, shape, or form the larger black community. And that my, as you know, a lot of my videos are done are exactly that, going to black community and, and seeing what their true reactions are to things. Same with this. Um, they, now, in this case, they did believe the same thing the activists be- held. Those, those beliefs were held by them. But it only took a few minutes of watching a video right, for them remarkable. to understand the reality of what's going on. Well, and I plan to go on as – look, I will, go, I will go and sit down with anybody, anytime to talk about work that I do. I'll go on with Hezbollah Television. They want to have me on. So obviously I'm pushing and I will try to get on the, the major podcasts and radio shows to discuss it with them. Not, and not to fight, but although I'm happy they push back. But this is it's, – it's, 
It just, it's so... Well, I, it's I not, will be curious if any of the gay uh, podcasts, podcasters reach out to you. I hope so. I hope so, too. You can all see it. It's at uh, PragerU.com or at DennisPrager.com, link to PragerU. And again, who's more tolerant, Israelis or Palestinians? Hi, everybody. So Ami Horowitz made this video on the difference between Palestinian, really Arab in general, or Muslim views of gays, but specifically the Palestinians and the Israelis. There's a very robust gay pride movement in Israel, and to say there's no gay pride movement among the Palestinians is to understate the case, as he as you will see, he interviewed an imam, a Muslim religious leader, who said they should just be killed. And it would be worse if their child were gay than if the, the child was a murderer. Showed this to gays in San Francisco, all of whom were pro-Palestinian when he first interviewed them. Then they saw the differences and they changed their minds. So why is the LGBTQ leadership anti-Israel. So I'd like to share with you something that I have pointed out with regard to every left-wing movement. It occurred to me first with feminism, it doesn't give a damn about women. It's, it was overwhelmingly a movement of anger at men and anger at the West. Patriarchy, capitalism, etc., etc. The proof that feminists, the feminist movement doesn't care about women is that they have not come to women's defense when biological men defeat them by being allowed to compete against them in uh, female sports, in women's sports. That's, if you needed proof that the feminist movement doesn't give a damn about women, that's, that's one of your biggest proofs. LGBTQ leadership hates the West much more than it loves gays. The black leadership hates America much more than it loves blacks. Every one of the left-wing movements uses the people in whose name they speak for their power and their hatreds. They don't give a damn about blacks and BLM, they don't give a damn about women in the feminist leadership, and they don't give a damn about gays in the LGBTQ leadership. They are animated by hatred of what they hate, but not love of the group in whose name they speak. This is proof. Palestinians allow us no right, but we're pro-Palestinian because we hate America and we hate Israel and we hate the West much more than we care about gays. So you have the living proof. He he made a very important uh, video in this regard. 1-8-Prager-776-877-243-7776. I'm just uh, curious if you have any reaction to that. Hate is probably more powerful emotion than love. Right. And I think hate is an That's animating right. factor when it comes to this. You know, um, I remember one of the interesting moments in the video when I was, I said that one person pushed back on me, right? 
And the one person who pushed back said to me, well, okay, you've now, I can see. You mean in San Francisco. In San Francisco. Okay, I concede now that I've learned about the, with the, how terrible the Palestinians are to, to, to my people, to gay people. But how does that absolve Israel if it sins against the Palestinians? So I said, that's a very good question. But let me ask you this. I said, you have two sides saying the exact opposite thing, right? So you have, for example, one side saying they blew up a hospital killing children. The other side saying, no, we didn't. You, you can't believe both, right? You have to believe one over the other. So my question to you person who's pushing back on me, who are you going to believe? The people throwing you parades or the people throwing you off roofs? And he looked at me, and it was, it was, it's in the video, it's a precious moment. He goes, you know what, you're right. You're right. I, I, I choose to believe the people throwing me parades. It's, um, look, and, but the important part is, this, this goes back to PragerU in general, is that what's amazing about that video is that you, in just a few minutes, mm-hmm. you've changed people's worldview. Right. That's exactly that People are less jaded than we think. And when you have videos mm-hmm. like this, the PragerU videos, if you get them in front of them, and that's the challenge, it, it literally changes their viewpoint. When I go to college campuses, I, I tell the students... The reason that the colleges don't want any conservative speakers is the following. They fear that an hour with one of us, with any uh, any conservative speaker who speaks cogently, will undo four years of indoctrination. Your video is 13 minutes. And it could undo a, a, a whole lifetime of immersion in Israel hatred. That's, that's why they don't want us seen on Twitter or Facebook or YouTube and don't want us on college campuses. We don't give a damn if they, if they are allowed to broadcast or podcast or whatever or speak. More the merrier. Just allow us our time. And will prevail. In fact, we want the comparison. That's right. Because we know it's so stark and obvious. Yes. If you listen to Pot Save America or the Dennis Prager show, you're going you're to understand that there's a difference in reality. Because if you're only immersed in the one without the other, I see why you will move that direction. But once you see both side to side, it becomes obvious. There was another, uh, another attack, because you do Google alerts on my name and on Prager U. So it was another attack on Prager U. They're very common. It's fine. And it's a badge of honor. It is a badge of honor. That is correct. So this guy was saying that, you know, we we need a left wing or we need a progressive response to PragerU. They they have all this money, PragerU, and what do we have? I mean, other than and, the media? <laughs> wait. <laughs> other than all the media... Uh, at at all the colleges, at all the high schools, and all the elementary schools, what do we have? But that's even that's not enough. <laughs> not enough. It's not worth that yeah. winning. That's what cracked me up. Prager, you <laughs> five minutes that there. It's you can offer truths. The Ten Commandments. How long does it take to read the Ten Commandments? And that's the solution to evil on earth. My 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 big my big project in life. I told you about the bet with my daughter. She lost a bet, and she had to watch. Now for for a year, she had to watch three PragerU videos a week with me. Wow. Well, what was the bet? 
Uh, the bet was silly. It doesn't matter. Oh, I see. No, no, but you, but that was the thing. That, that was that was, the, and and she did it. She did it. Every did parent it. should do that. Every find, every grandparent. Find should a do bet that. you know you'll win, right. With your sucker kid, or or and just then have those as far as I'm concerned, out and out bribe them. Back in Absolutely. a moment. Look for the source of a society's collapse and you'll usually find inflation at its core. But what exactly is inflation? Why is it so destructive? Steve Forbes breaks it down in the new video for Prager University. See it at PragerU.com where we teach what should be taught. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, Every single day, become a member of Pragertopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at Pragertopia.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.